0: in our Christmas series called The Wait and of course we're waiting for this promised king but this promised king that's coming is presented in several different ways. Last week we saw that the promised king is coming as a perfect son and this morning we'll look at the promised king coming as the perfect shepherd. But you know, as we think about waiting, waiting is not easy, is it? It's rarely easy. Think of just waiting in a a line at the grocery store. How many of you, you don't need to raise your hand, but you're in a line in a grocery store and it's moving a little slow. You look at the line next to you and what do you do? You jump over into that next line only to find yourself Maybe waiting even longer because someone's lost their change, their card, it doesn't go through, or something like that. Or how many of us have been in a, a line getting gas, right? And you're just frustrated because the, the, it's taken longer and longer and longer. Or, now here would be maybe a little bit of a test. You're in the line at a stoplight, right? And the person in front of you is doing what they shouldn't be doing. They're texting or something. The light turns green, and what do you do? how long do you wait before you bump them or honk at them or maybe a few other things, right? Waiting is rarely easy. We all play in different ways. But there's another part of waiting, and sometimes it's not just the issue of whether it's easy. Sometimes waiting has a difficult part to it. Think of someone like this, right? A single person. And they're waiting to be married. And it's difficult waiting and saying, God, what are you gonna do? Or you think of a childless couple and they're waiting month after month, year after year. And what do you do while you're waiting? Or you think of someone in a difficult marriage and they're waiting. They're waiting for God to do something, to change something, to move something in a direction. Some waiting is difficult. Well, as we know, last week we talked about it's, it's not just the waiting. It's what you're doing in the waiting. But this morning what we want to talk about, it's not only what you're doing, but who you're doing it with. right? How many times have maybe you ended up in a hospital room or place where you needed someone to be with you and it makes all the difference in the world just to have someone with you? Well, this morning we're going to find out there's someone who's extending an invitation who wants to be with us in the wait. If you have your Bible, if you have a device, I want to encourage you to open with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, you know, the Word of God is... Is precious there's nothing like the Bible it's the very word of God and I know this is hard to fathom but God used human authors to communicate his word without adulterating it so he allowed their personalities to come through he allowed their authorial intents to start coming through but God moved these authors To communicate his message to us 2nd Peter chapter 1 it says that it says that God moved these people by the power of the Holy Spirit that they were writing the very words of God if you're able to stand I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word it's his word the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we hear these words, but rarely do we encounter such faithfulness in this world. But with you, you're 100% faithful. You always do what you say you're going to do. And so, God, with the contrast there of us sometimes struggling to trust you because we live in a world where there's so much broken trust, would you move us to hear your invitation today and to trust you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Well, this is one of those psalms, isn't it? It's one of these passages in the Bible that many people are familiar with it, whether people are in churches or outside of churches. I think it was Amazon you know, listed this as one of the top searches, right? When people are looking for different things, Psalm 23 comes up. Of course, you might think of like the Sermon on the Mount, probably not the whole thing, or maybe the Lord's Prayer people are familiar with, but that's one of them, right? Psalm 23 is one of them. And now, as we think about this, right, we, Lord is my shepherd, I, I just got to say, I don't know a whole lot about sheep (laughs) i've never really been around sheep i mean anything i know about sheep is something that i've read but i do know this i love lamb chops (laughs) 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 i gotta say too i have a wool coat that i enjoy wearing right but but i really don't know a whole lot about sheep other than i've petted a few but it's interesting You don't really need to know a whole lot about sheep, do you? When you read this psalm to say, boy, some message of beauty and power is coming through right? There, there, there's something happening here. And, and there's a contrast. And, and you can, can begin to feel it. Don't you just love poetry? Poetry, the person puts it in here, King David puts it in words that contrast power with tenderness. This shepherd has the, the, this sense of power over these sheep, and yet there's a, a tenderness that's there. He, he's leading, and there's a sense of control in the psalm, but there's love there's leadership, and there's care. Now, what happens in this psalm, when you read it, and if you've read it several times, you begin to get the sense, even though the words are not there, that there's an invitation. There's an invitation. When David says, the Lord is my shepherd, there, 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 there's a sense in which the Lord's inviting you to let him be your shepherd, It doesn't say invite, but there's the invite there. So this morning, what I want to do is give you just three things that I think is happening in this psalm of invitation. The first is there's an invitation to just listen to the shepherd. The second is just trust the shepherd. The shepherd's inviting you to trust him. And then thirdly, the shepherd is inviting you to receive him. So let's just look at the first one. Listen to the shepherd. The psalm invites us to just listen to the shepherd. Begins verse 1, The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. Now this is David writing, and of course David was a shepherd. He knew all about sheep. He knew their personalities. He knew how to take care of them. He knew their weaknesses and their strengths and all that. But when he penned this, like I said a few moments ago, he was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was moved by the Holy Spirit according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, so that he was writing the words of God. And so what God is telling you and me today is that this is an individual psalm, and he wants you to see him as a shepherd, and he wants to be your shepherd, right? Just, just look at how many times you got an I or a me, right? It, it, there's an invitation as David shares his experience. But now what should give you a little bit of pause is that God could reveal himself in a lot of different ways. Last week, God chose to reveal himself as the Son, right? And, of course, we know the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, God is spirit, but he's chosen so that you and I can get an understanding of who he is. He reveals himself as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Not three, right, right, God's. One God in three persons. And God wants us to be able to experience him as a father. And he wants us to understand the role of the son. And then he wants us to see what the spirit does. Well, this morning, he wants us to see as he reveals himself as a shepherd. That's interesting, isn't it? The shepherd. We, We first encounter this this idea back in, in Genesis. And remember so much of what we see in the prophets and the later writings like the poems we're reading, like Psalm 23 and last week Psalm 2, is that they, they always go back to the, the Torah, the Mosaic writings. And we get in Genesis chapter 48, and, and we see Jacob, right? His name was changed to Israel. And, and he refers to God. He says, God has been my shepherd well David now has lived it out and God's revealed himself do you have a shepherd or are you going solo do you have someone guiding you and leading you and taking care of you and providing and protecting you that's where David is going eight billion people in the world today And there's this invitation. God wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. So are you listening this morning to the invitation that he wants to be your shepherd? But secondly, he is inviting us to trust the shepherd, right? That's why he's telling us what he's like. It's easier to trust someone when you know who they are. Too many people, right, find this out in marriage. They, they, they get married too quickly. They don't know the person. And all of a sudden, they're like, man, I got to trust this person. I didn't know they didn't know how to manage money. I didn't know that they were a workaholic. I didn't, right? But as you know someone, you can trust them. And what the psalm is doing, isn't it? It's inviting you to say, here's the shepherd. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. Well, the work of the shepherd is, is pretty simple, right? The shepherd owns his sheep. He owns them. He, he, that, that's the picture, right? God, over and over with the Israelites, is, is, they're His people. And He was guiding them. Isn't it interesting when you think of Israel, right, or the, the Jews, they're in Egypt, And God pulls them out of bondage, right? And he could have marched them right to the promised land. But he doesn't, does he? He leads them into the wilderness. And of course, when they betrayed him, then they said, God said, well, let's make this stay in the wilderness a little bit longer, right? But what's very interesting is, you see how it says in verse 1, I lack nothing, That's exactly what happened in the wilderness. Moses wrote about that. He said, when you were in the wilderness, you lacked nothing, Deuteronomy chapter 2. When they got into the promised land, that was what God wanted to do, and he told them. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, these are the Mosaic writings. He's saying, I gave everything to you, so you lacked nothing. Because he owns his sheep. The shepherd relates personally to his sheep. He knows your name. He knows your name. You know how you give dignity to people? You listen to them. One of the best ways you can give dignity to other people, people that you disagree with, people that are hard to love, people that are in your path that you kind of wish were out, but you can give them dignity by listening. So when we talk about this outreach at Christmas and inviting people, talking about loving people, we're talking about dignity, that you care enough to hear their story. Doesn't mean you got to agree with their story. Doesn't mean you got to like their story. But what it does mean is that you can enter in because they've got a story. Well, that's the shepherd here. He gives you and me dignity because he knows your story. You know, we think things and we do things and we have attitudes that we don't want other people to know. Well, God knows them, he knows it all, he knows you personally. And yet there's still the invitation. Would you trust me? Would you you let me work in your life, right? The shepherd provides for his sheep. You read this psalm, and, and he makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't know much about sheep, but I know they need to eat. But the picture isn't only that they need to eat the grass there, but there's so much grass, they find comfort there, and they lie down. There, there's a there's a sense of, of just an abundance, right? You you just read this and you're like, Wow, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. The, the sense of what we all want. Rest. In a world that's turbulent. There's not a moment you don't walk into this world and see what's on the news and what's on your phone of what's happening around the world you look at what's happening in israel and gaza and and you're like wow so much is happening god's saying i know your world's turbulent i'm gonna lead you would you trust me to lead you beside quiet waters He refreshes my soul, right? Right. There's an invigorating energy that he wants to give you, right? That's what he means when he provides for his sheep. He guides me, right? So the shepherd leads his sheep. He guides me along the right path. If you're listening, if you're trusting, or are you going to go your own way? So many of us try to make Our own lives go the way we want them to go. And when we do that, it usually doesn't work out so well. But when we get in line with what God says and how to go, things go very, very differently. The sheep or the shepherd leads his sheep. Look what he says I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. There's a presence. He's wanting us there to be with us in the wait. We're in a wait right now. We're in the time between, aren't we? We're between the first coming and the second coming. And and there's a waiting. Just like in the Old Testament, there was a time, right? There was a time they leave Egypt and they had to wait to get to the promised land. Then they were waiting for their Messiah to come. We're in the time now where we're waiting. We're waiting for Him to return. And He's going to lead us during this time he's gonna shepherd us forward so that we're not alone and then he says he, he says my rod and my staff that they, they, they'll comfort you that the rod right is certainly times when we need some discipline but there's also the, the staff that, that guides us and steers us and, and that's what our shepherd wants to do that's why I love this arrow that we use that we, we, we talk about this posture of surrender You've got to surrender to the shepherd to let him lead you. And so that's where David is going. So the king that we're waiting for is revealing himself as a shepherd. But God promised a future king the perfect shepherd in micah a familiar christmas passage right we often see it micah chapter 5 verse 2 it says but you bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of judah out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over israel notice this one that they were promised this was written 700 years before jesus came and There was going to be a ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. He will stand and shepherd his flock. There's our word shepherd in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Let's let's just take a moment there. Like Bethlehem, right? Well, why Bethlehem? Well, that's the city of David. And remember, we're putting someone on the throne of David that would be there forever. This was the promise. It was rich and full. And they were waiting for it, just like we're waiting for the king to return. But he goes on, right, and and he uses a phrase like, out of you. Well, we don't see that as anything significant, but out of you is this idea that someone of their own would come in. It wouldn't be someone from the outside. It would be someone from Israel that would come. And we're going to get a clearer picture of that. And then he says, very clearly, he says, uh, whose origins are from of old. Some of you might have a translation that says, uh, from eternity or from everlasting. that The idea here is hard to grasp on the other side of the cross. On this side of the cross, looking back, we can say, yes, the pre-existing Christ. The Son was always the Son, but he became flesh. He wasn't always the God-man. He became flesh. But if you're looking from the other side of the cross where you're looking forward It would be very hard to see all of this. But this one, this ruler was going to come out of Israel. He'd be born in Bethlehem. That was going to be his roots. And he would be everlasting from of old. He would be eternal from ancient times. And then we get in verse 4. He will stand and shepherd his flock. Right? There's the picture. They go from king to shepherd. This king we're looking for is a shepherd and that's what they wanted that's what we needed they waited and we waited so we will be asked again will we trust this shepherd will we trust well let's hit the third there's an invitation to receive the shepherd's love and the shepherd's care notice in verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 23 We kind of jump out of the shepherd language and we get into the language of hospitality, the language of host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? There's this invitation. Of hospitality you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows you get this picture again of abundance and someone loving you and taking care of you someone guiding you surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life that's what God wants to do so when we think about Christmas that's what we're talking about we're talking about bringing the, this one Shepherd in well we know now who the perfect Shepherd is don't we Jesus revealed himself in several ways in John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. See, Jesus steps right into this, that we're expecting this eternal one, this shepherd, out of Micah chapter 5, and Jesus begins to identify himself the same way that Yahweh, the Lord, revealed himself all the way back in Genesis, as a shepherd, And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life. Now, of course, he laid down his life at the cross. But he laid down his life in serving people. And he wants to serve you. It's an amazing thought that the creator of this world, the one who owns it all, the one with all power, the one who is worthy of all allegiance, is wanting to serve you and wanting to serve me. He's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Now we could go on and on about this word good. Like he's perfect. He's the perfect shepherd. There's no moral failure in him. He he never makes a mistake. He's not this, this cruel person. He's the good shepherd. And look what he says, I know my own sheep i know my own sheep and then he says and my own know me notice the intimacy here the personal nature of this love that he has for us and then verse 16 i have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen i must bring them also they too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd so verse 16, I have other sheep not of this. He's talking about Gentiles, that he was casting his vision as a shepherd. was He was going to bring in people from every ethnic group. He was going to bring people in from every tongue. He was going to bring people in from every nation. He was going to be one shepherd to one flock from all these people. That's the kind of shepherd. But now, now let's... Get this down to where we live today. What difference does all this make? It makes a huge difference in daily life. We love because he first loved us. Did that go over your head? Do you know what that means? Do you know the import of that? So many of us are in relationships and we're lonely and we're sad and so what we do is we pull from our friends to get something that's empty in our soul. We're in a marriage and we don't want to be alone or isolated or we want to be cared for in a certain way and so we pull from our spouse to get what we want. Children are in a home and they want to be loved and they want to be cared for and so what do they do? They they try to pull from their parents. All that can come to an end because we're loved. I don't have to pull for my spouse because I'm fully and completely loved. That's what the psalm is pointing us to. Will we receive the love and care of the shepherd so that we can love people without manipulating people, without gaslighting people? without condemning people, without judging people. This good shepherd at Christmas is saying to us, will you receive me so that you can be freed up to love? It's powerful to think about it. We talk about Christmas being a time of generosity. The reason we can be freed up to be generous is because our shepherd has given us everything that we need. We lack nothing. He says, I lack nothing. So I'm freed up to be generous. You see how that works? We love because he first loved us. I'm not entangled in trying to manipulate people to think well of me. I don't have to get the attaboys. I don't need the accolades. Now, we all like them. We all appreciate them. We all, yes, from a human perspective, but I don't need to manipulate people and I don't need to change in order to get them. Why? Because I'm perfectly loved and perfectly accepted and perfectly cared for by God. So the invitation's there. Will you receive him as your good shepherd? Nobody can make that decision but you. Now, how do you do that? It's always by faith. It's always by faith. And God, I'm tired of trying to lead my own life. I'm tired of always trying to make a way. I'm tired of always trying to patch relationships. God, would you just show me? Would you just guide me? Would you just take me? Some of us need rest. God, would would you lead me beside some quiet waters instead of always trying to find it in a bottle or trying to find it in pills or trying to find it at the gym or trying to find... However, you're going to try to find it because we're always restless. We're always anxious. And God says, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. Those are the assurances. He says in Isaiah, he says, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. So we do it by faith. And you just simply say, Jesus, the good shepherd, I want you. I want you to lead my life. I surrender it to you. And then when you take control again, which we're all prone to do, guess what you do? You just go back to the place and yield again and say, take control forgive me for grabbing the reins again i yield to you i yield to the power of your spirit to lead me and guide me let's pray father thank you for your love and your care thank you that you invite us to receive it you invite us to listen to you you invite us to trust you that you are the good shepherd when so many people betray us And so many people heard us. You say, trust me. Trust me. And then, God, we hear the invitation to receive you. Help each of us this Christmas season to be freed up to love and care for people because we have been first loved by you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.